This episode of the Comedy Couch by Dennis Hensley and Tony Tripoli will be in stereo. Oh shit! We didn't do it exactly. But it was more of a. It, it was, was a, a medley. Idea. It was like a, a oh, round. I, I round thought that delay. was going to be such that was a fun cute. surprise. You don't normally have a diet. Coke. I don't, but I'm having one right now. Hello and welcome to the Comedy Couch. I'm Tony Tripoli, and right here on my right hand side is Dennis Hensley, the real star of the show. So who's Dennis- getting a present today from Mr. Tony Tripoli? It yes? came in the mail today in a cardboard wooden. Uh, thing and I'm dying. Well, and he's should like, we just start with that? Oh, sure, why not? Should we start he said, this was this is like a thing something. It's well, a belated birthday present. But you already took me to El Cid, but which was fantastic. Uh, I want you just to close your eyes, but reach. Okay, in. I want you to close your eyes and put your hand in the slot and pull something wow. out. Wow! And our podcast listeners it feels will like... know. Pull it out. What is coming up? Oh shit! Burlesque's masks. <laughs> There's a share. First of all, share looks like <laughs> she was shot through Vaseline, even on the mask. Yeah. It's very even murky. On the promotional merch. She. It's murky. It's kind of like. Um, it's underwater share. It's underwater share, and Christina has a cute little bob. But these are fantastic. Thank you. So it's cardboard cutouts of their heads that are on wooden sticks that are church fans. Nice. And on the back it says Burlesque in theaters November twenty fourth. It's some promotional stuff that I was able to get on eBay. Oh, I'm so and I excited. Thought, since I know you're doing a big Well, I have group, to organize that. I thought, wouldn't it be great for you to be like, uh, yes. the Hensley Group, follow yes. follow Yes, they're Christina so Aguilera. cute. Smokers, yes. you follow Christina Aguilera. <laughs> Non-smokers, follow- If you're single yes. uh, and ready to mingle, follow Cher. If you're divorced, follow Christina. And if you're in a couple, fuck off. This party ain't for you. Yeah. So there you go. So, now your birthday's over. So screw yay! You thank you. So thoughtful. You're, it and was pretty goddamn col- thoughtful of me. These are gonna be collectible because let me tell you, I have a glitter shirt that still gets compliments. Yeah. There was an article in the L.A. Times today on burlesque, yeah. and the headline is "Bumps and Grinds." So it talked about how tumultuous the set was, because the director Stephen Anton and the studio exec Clint Culpepper are a couple. And you've met Clint, right? Uh, yes. Well, apparently there was lots of screaming matches on the set, like between domestics. Them. Domestics. And Anton, it in said in front of Cher. In front of Cher. Fuck you! <laughs> I heard a great story about the night, uh, the final night of the shoot. Did we just talk? We probably talked uh, about it. Tell it again. I want to hear it. Well, this is the story that I heard, and it's been replayed through different people, like telephone, so it may not be that true. But it's Cher's big number. It's the last night of the shoot. Yeah. And I just read in this article, she only commit to 20 days of a four-month shoot. <laughs> so you got to get Cher in and out, yeah. so to speak. And it was the she last night. She doesn't even have time for last name anymore. No. It was the last night of the shoot, and they were doing a big number of hers, and somebody said to her, or maybe it was the director, we're going to get you out of here by 2 a.m. In other words, they wanted to get her out. She had a hard out. Well, she didn't like that idea because it was her big moment, and so she said something like, these other bitches get two weeks to do their number, and I get four hours? (laughs) Fuck you! And then that was, I don't know what happened from there, but I love you. It doesn't matter what happened you. there. It just What matters is, is Cher yeah. yelling, fuck you, and slamming a flimsy trailer door. Well, and I think she was on the stage, and I think she was she had a chair that she was using in her dance, and so she spent a lot of time figuring out the chair. And, yeah. Like, she's a pro. Anyway, she's on the cover of Vanity Fair. Yeah, I haven't read that yet. I have to Not read that it. juicy. Like, sometimes Vanity Fair just doesn't give you the goods. Like, huh. the, the first... Two paragraphs are talking about what Malibu's like. 
If you go to okay. Malibu, all these stars live out yeah, there. Don't and care about Malibu. Somebody lives on the colony. I want to know what her face in. is like. That's Three. what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, well, they talk about that. No makeup, and she looks pretty good. But it's like, come on, get into it. Anyways. And I guess she was on Letterman, and I missed that. So I haven't read the Liza Minnelli Vanity Fair. I hear that's like amazing. Or the Advocate? Or the Liza Minnelli? Know. She's on the cover of the Advocate, and it's a bummer. Oh. Because the writer, who's somebody I really admire, Michael Joseph Gross, he writes... He really gets in there and gets at the emotional heart of an issue or yeah. a person. Or, and he's really trying to get Liza to talk about the gay community and her, you know, marrying gay men and her father and what's go- really going on. And she wasn't having it. She's like, oh, this is going to be one of those interviews. I can't do her. But, wow. you know, she wouldn't come out and really – she wasn't feeling reflective. And she was – she like, in terms of why do – Gay men love her so much. It's like, well, I, they've always got great taste. Like, she had a little zinger, but no huh. real... That's unfortunate. She wasn't ready to dig deep. Well, and, someday uh, the Joan Rivers interview will happen, and she will not deep. disappoint. No, she'll bring it. Yeah. So, uh, the uh, the bloom is not off that rose. She's delightful. Joan Rivers. Yes. Oh, my God. Better than ever. Um. um I I heard that the last episode, which just aired last night, was really good. Came together really well, but I have not watched it. Yeah, did you see it? I have not seen it. I believe we're tubeing it uh, this afternoon. So yeah, but, so we'll uh, but yeah. yeah, they're always good. Lots of funny. I got really funny uh, text from Alec Mappa this morning saying I'm watching Fashion Police, and I know this joke was yours, and and blah blah blah, and it's just so nice the people that you hear from and. Joan says that, you know, everywhere she goes, people are just like, bitch, stole my look and love it. Yelling out, you know, am I a starlet or a streetwalker? Um, and that, you know, a lot of famous people. She was at really famous yeah, people. She was at, she went to the open of Colin Quinn's Broadway show last right, week. Right. Which is being produced by somebody big, Jerry and Seinfeld? It, yes. Okay. Directed, I think, by him. Okay. And he, uh, it was star studded. Right. Just little, everyone was there. Uh, and she said she could not believe how many famous people were just like, "Wow, Fashion Police is back and it's better than ever, and you're on top, girl." And you know, oh, enjoy that's so it great. You've clawed your way back up again, and fucking good for you. And you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I the other night at the meeting, I, I, or Melissa, or somebody said that that when it was being talked about, they doubted that there would be enough to talk about. They didn't know if it could work as a weekly show. If there was enough fashion or stuff, and so. I think it's great that it's... Well, the problem is um, not the amount of... Is there enough material? It's yeah. just... There's only so many different ways to skin a cat. Yeah. And, you know, the network is like, it feels like you're calling people whores a lot. And it's like, well, we are. That's <laughs> that's why it seems like that. Um, but people dress really slutty now, and a good percentage of the outfits that we're showing is, can you believe how slutty this person looks? Yeah. So it's kind of hard to not talk about how much they look like a whore yeah. when they look like a whore. Yeah. And that's why we're showing the picture. So, you know, we're, yeah, it's going to be interesting. We're going to find some cat skinning twists. Um, my friend Glenn uh, saw it, the episode last night, and his favorite joke was about Miley's vagina, which had to be one of yours. How she was wearing a long dress. Oh, yeah. And it was uh, the first time all year she's worn a long <laughs> dress, and her vagina was like, who turned out the lights? What's going on? I can't even breathe. <laughs> I can't see everyone. And I mean everyone. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Joan really sold that. It was cute. That was I fun. That's it. fun. So speaking of Joan, we have – I have two um, uh, listener emails that I want to read. And uh, one is just called Joan and Stuff. Okay. And um, 
basically, uh, this is from Joe, and he, his PS really is a good point. He says, um, I hope I'm not, I hope this doesn't make me sound dense, but I'm not really clear if it's the or the, is it T-H-E or T-H-E-E comedy couch? Because I make such a point of saying the comedy couch. Yeah. So is it like the old English, ye old comedy yeah. couch? Like, so it's as biblical been, as we get. He's really. been emailing to both addresses. So for the record, it is T H E comedy couch at gmail.com. And I think that's a really valid point. Yes, I should clarify that. Finally. Um, and he just says that he just loves that Tori in DC sent a picture and he wants to know if we can maybe crop just her face out because he's a big fan of Tori's from the serious sure and he's dying to know what she looks like right and on. can we get tori's permission to at least put her face on the facebook page or something because he's the fans are clamoring tori right. that's the point um speaking of which we do have a facebook page be a friend or like us or however that works yeah it's the comedy couch on right facebook. With yeah. Triple also he says he's been loving the joan river stories and he thought that he heard me mention that I might be able to open that I might be opening for her sometime. Yes. Uh, hopefully, it will be in Portland because he could come to that show. And uh, no confirmation on that yet. But Joan did bring it up again the other day, so it is going to happen. I think it looks like uh, San Diego in January. So amaze balls. Yeah, that's very. Maybe we'll make the trip. That's so exciting. How often does she do stand up? Like. Almost oh, every lot. week, like all the time. I mean, I'd say three weekends of the um, month, of the month. she's doing um doing it somewhere. All right. Um, she also does a lot of corporate and private events, you know. Yeah. So anyway, then we have um an email from PJ, uh, entitled "Drink, Pray, Love, but Stop That Fucking Eating," and it says, "Hi guys. Oh shit. Uh, of course, Oprah is comfortable with any elephant in the room because it makes her look smaller." But Tony, when you said people can get thinner by just not eating, etc., you do know you said that about five minutes after you mentioned how you had gained back almost all the weight you lost, right? Oh, I mean, shit. there are We're a lot going of there? yeah, there are a lot of people who struggle with their weight and really do try, but it's just so fr- fucking complicated. I sat next to an oversized woman at work. Um, luckily, uh, it was a very large bay, and I really got an insight into how people struggle—really, really struggle—every hour of the day. Brain chemistry, hormones, environment, culture, genetics. A lot of us can get away with eating crap and just don't know what it's like. I mean, if Oprah, with all her money and power, still struggles, then what chance do the hoarding masses have? So I do sort of feel like your report on the fat people at Disneyland was kind of like listening to a straight person's criticism of a gay pride parade. Yes, some of them are overindulging assholes, but many of them are just trying their best to get through life and have a few laughs. Um, so All right. I have been taken to task and I own it. I totally agree. I still think I'm right. Uh, fat people need to fucking take it down a notch, but it is just one more, uh, incidents of the hypocrisy of me where I would criticize people. That could people. be your book title. The hypocrisy, the hypocrisy of me. Well, <laughs> I think like George me W. by Ricky Martin. I think George W. Bush, that was going to be his title, his yeah, book. And he then he went with that other one. That, there were too many syllables. Um, but yeah, so yes, I'm a hypocrite, and yes, I still think fat people are doing it to themselves. Um, but don't you you there is you can ele- connect to an emotional eating thing though. Oh my god, I cry you- for fat people. No, no, you remember what it was like the night that I watched when Monique did the Fat Girl Beauty Pageant? Yeah, you were in tears. Monique's fat chance. I wrote Monique a tear-soaked email with a lot of misspelled words. You had to go to the Genius Bar because of the damage. Oh god, because I was like, what you did for those women is so wonderful. They get to feel beautiful one night, and so like. I certainly have that capacity, but I also feel like now we're getting to that. It's that critical mass. It's like there's now one generation 
And now we're starting on a second generation that we're really damaging with falsehoods by an attempt to not hurt someone's feelings. We're not saying what needs to be said for the person's good. So in the same way, at a certain point, the alcoholic has to be told you're a stinking drunk. And, you know, and obviously I understand the alcoholic changes when they get to their personal rock bottom and they look in the mirror and they realize a change needs to be made. But we can't, you know, you would, no one would be expected to keep providing liquor and encouraging the drinking of an alcoholic. And we have a nation of food addicts. Yeah. And so, and the kinds of foods that people are eating and, yeah. the, and what's in the food and all that stuff. So I, I you think know, that's, that, that's a valid point. So, but you know. yeah. And also Sometimes if you can't you fucking need... walk around Disneyland without be, being in some kind of a yeah. motorized vehicle, I think that's a bummer. One of those things. Well, it's not just a bummer. It's a bummer. <laughs> it's you. It's a bummer that you've had a really, really huge hand in creating for yourself. And most of the bummers in, in all of our lives we have a large element of responsibility in, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, if you got fired from a job, you probably did something you shouldn't have done that got yourself fired from it. So there's, yes, there's an element of responsibility, but for some reason, you know, this whole society for, you know, the, this organization of fat acceptance and stuff that wants to, I don't know. I just feel like, well, but don't you don't... feel like it's not like fat people go around and nobody mentions it or nobody, I bet they feel it every second. The looks, I'm, it's not like, maybe I bet they get it. And well, I it's just not think... sinking in, obviously, Dennis. <laughs> I, I mean, think what sometimes more must I you do? <laughs> just need something good to happen to you. And if that's yes. a cheeseburger, well, but it's you... not good. It's not a but good thing that's happening good. to you. If you require a motorized vehicle yeah. to go to a theme park. Yeah. No. It's no longer, it's a, you're having too much good in your life. Yeah. You got to dial it down. Yeah. That's all right. I know. was not there. I did not witness the <laughs> displays. Although I do, I am proud of the grabbiest place on earth, which I named that particular episode of the podcast. Oh, I didn't notice that. The grabbiest, the grabbiest place yeah. on earth. Because of the way they were going after that candy. They were, it was unbelievable. <laughs> it was as if an old western town, someone had rang a triangle and the, the pioneer workers were coming in off the field for their one daily meal. Right on. Um, I am going to see on Tuesday night, So You Think You Can Dance Live. Now, who's I've in I've never this? been. Well, here's the funny thing about it. As much as I love this show, once a reality show ends, yeah. I forget who was on it. Well, there's like 17 hours on our TiVo. Well, so maybe you I watched that one. I no, I love those. Just the well, end. Let's kiss specials. them goodbye because no, there's at least four I'll put hours. Them on, okay, I'll put them on a disc very soon. For what? Because when I need to like a little <laughs> fun thing to watch or something that's beautiful, well, can I can you pop s- on the addiction dance. Can you send it Capono? to a fat person? Maybe they should do that instead of a cheeseburger. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, sometimes you just want to see those dances. But it'll be Robert, the dreamy Robert, who lives okay. in NoHo. Lauren, uh, Kent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Russell, the, the winner from last year that didn't get to tour, and some of the all-stars. I, I, I'm not exactly totally up to speed on well, who's you know, be my, there, but I'll I'm be surprised. I'm loyal to Jason. I know he might. I don't think he'll be there. He's That's, already done no, it. Yeah, he was dreaming. Like two years ago. But I'm excited, and that will be a good thing. So, so I have um, Tony Tripoli, I Shit My Pants, uh, is going to be shot three times next weekend. Uh, Friday, Saturday, shame. Sunday at the Casita del Campo restaurant. It's actually the Cavern Club Theater. So uh, if you're in L.A., it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday at Is 8. it this weekend? This coming? The 19th, 20, and Shit. 21st. What happened to the time? It's the year's over, Dennis. Wow. The year is over. All right. And um, 
Yeah, we're days from my birthday at this point. Days. It's horrible. It's yeah. bad. And so anyway, but that's at the Casita del Campo. So you can get all the information on my Facebook page, which is Tony Tripoli uh, Comedy, or just look my name, Tony Tripoli. It's on both. Um, and someone else emailed, and it is T-O-N-Y. They were having a hard time finding me under Tony with an I, Tripoli, well. and so that's why. Um, and go and make a night of it. They have good food there. Yeah, Mexican food. Chips you can bring drinks down to the basement. I mean, it's just super. It's gonna be fun times. Yes. Uh, I think George Katsiopoulos is going. I believe I Kelly Osborne might be attending. I would love that. She could tweet um, about it. Yeah. So uh, Juliana said she really wants to come, but I don't think she's in town. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's gonna be fun. That's great. And the alcoholic that cuts my hair at the Fantastic Sam's in Hollywood is also promising to come. Male or female? Female, and she's 1,400 pounds, and she was shampooing my hair today, and a soap bubble got in my eye, and she wiped it out with her tit. Keeping both hands in my hair, she just put her big <laughs> floppy tit over my eye and wiped it. She goes, did I get it? And I went, yeah, you got so it. So it comes in handy sometimes. Oh, God. She literally used her what girth. Now, uh, the thing I've noticed about Casita is people drink there, and so there's lots of heckling and, like, audience. There will not be audience participation at my show. I've seen it in other shows, and it's insufferable. Like, the last show that you and Debbie Praver did and Mm -hmm. the other comic, it wasn't during your set, but in some of the other sets, they were, like, not having it, and they've had a few drinks, and so you'll shut that down. Yeah, that's not even, I mean, yeah, it's not. Yeah. I barely let you get a word in on this fucking podcast. You well, think I'm gonna let someone else talk during my solo? No, good. I'm glad, but they're <laughs> drunk. You don't know what's going on with them. Um, let me see what I have on my list. Yes, I liked list. an episode of Glee. Oh boy, I liked it. Okay, they this last episode. My thing about Glee, and I'll I'll keep the strokes. I know you don't watch. Is the gay kid Kurt is a wonderful actor. And he's capable of a lot of things. But this season, he's been very mopey-dopey and dealing with being the only out kid. Right. And my memory of that time was like, I, it was a different time. So I wasn't aware of being gay or any of that stuff. But I remember losing myself in choir and, and dance and whatever. Sure. Like, that's where you went. That you was never, the escape. He seemed so joyless is yeah. my thing. He never, he always had that sort of pouty look and whatever. But I could kind of see what they're doing with it. And this week... He got bullied by this bully, this kind of big burly bully, kept pushing him into the locker, and nobody was really doing anything about it. And Kurt went to, I don't know, he, for some reason he went to, I zoomed through a lot of the scenes and go to the numbers. Well, but I, so you're saying that there's finally an episode that you like, and now you're admitting to zooming through the dialogue? Yes. That's boy, baby boy. steps. That's Tone. as good as we get. Well, huh? no, I, 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 yeah. So he goes to this other school and sees, it's an all-boys school where there's a lot more acceptance and people aren't so mean to each other. And the boys sing this acapella four-part harmony version of Teenage Dream with okay. this fun choreography. Mm-hmm. It was so magical. And Kurt's watching it, and his face lights up, and I'm like, yes, that. That's what I've been needing. Thank hmm. you. And um, and then the bully and the guy, he meets a guy in the choir who's gay and out and is accepted by his school. and And really cute. And really cute and a good singer and yummy as hell. And he says that the reason he's at this school is he let his other school chase him away. Yeah. And he's, and he, so he's trying to tell Kurt to have courage and stand up for yourself because I didn't do that. And now I'm in this fabulous school. Right. But anyway, it doesn't quite add up. I'm not, you it know. It gets better gets when you leave, leave the <laughs> shitty school. So, but you should stay. Yeah, but you should stay. I'm out of here. And look at boy, these snazzy oh jackets and the fun numbers we get to do and all the cock you can eat. Oh, but, my um, goodness. 
then the bully beats Kurt up again or knocks him into the locker. Kurt decides because he got a text from Cutie that said courage. So he's on it now. So he chases the guy back into the and locker room. And this is room. the good episode? Yeah, this is a good episode. All right. Um, th- so he chases him back in the locker room, and he's like, what is your problem with me? Why didn't you want to hit me? Is that what you want to do? And the guy, they're going back and forth, and out of nowhere, the bully grabs him and kisses him. And it worked. It doesn't sound like it would work. Sure no. But it worked. Like, in that moment, I, I believed it or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and then later, he went right back to being a bully, and nothing ever really changed. But they did illustrate that idea that sometimes the people that are the most um, anti-gay have, you know. Yeah, but usually they're not. Not always, but I mean, once in a while. I, I believed it. The in Republicans this that do the legislations and stuff sometimes. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get that. I do feel like a lot of them. Yeah. Are closeted and have issues and all that stuff. But I don't know that most high school bullies have a homoerotic curiosity or I don't know maybe maybe I, I'm just I do think that one thing is sort of changing in that the more anti-gay you are in, in young culture now the more it calls attention to you it, oh yes yeah, oh, I think sure. it's not it's kind of more cool to be like whatever dude yeah I so anyway it was a good episode of Glee well it sounds I skipped the, the parts that I saw <laughs> but um that teenage dream I think you might Enjoy it if you download sure. it. Sure, it's really charming, and right. I loved it. I have a bunch of Glee songs on my iPod for right. when I'm on the treadmill. That's as add that one to the, lo- that's as the good list. As it gets. I had to get a new iPhone. Oh shit! How many? What happened last week? Um, what was happening was my phone wasn't holding a charge. It was dying two or three hours after you know, which is not how it's supposed to. No, be. that's no good. And uh, so I thought there was a problem with the battery or something, and they said that everything was fine with the physical phone the hardware of the phone but there was a software glitch that was preventing the um like the gps and other things the mail to turn off so basically even though it looked like it was off it was still tr- connected and downloading it was doing all this work really running itself it was yeah in circles and so running down the battery um and so in what they had to do was erase my phone out and i was like okay well I have this message that's really important and I can't lose it. So I'd rather deal with this for another week and come back next weekend. If, Oh no, no, the, the messages won't be affected. Your voicemails. Will oh still no, be is it the message? And I go, okay, let me put this into perspective. I am a comedian and I have a voicemail from Joan rivers saying she watched my DVD and she loves it. And she thinks I'm funny and she'd like for me to open for her. I cried when I heard it. I played it for my family and they cried. I played it on my podcast. I can't, but I haven't made a copy of this message yet. I can't lose the message. Don't worry. won't lose the message. I promise. Da, da, da. And I said, okay, well, so you're agreeing that if something goes wrong and the message is not there, you'll turn in your resignation and this will be your last day and you'll be unemployed. That's how much this has to be. Like literally Holy that has to be our date. And the guy was like, I've I been a genius too. for three years. No problem. It's going to be fine. So he raises my phone and the voicemail is gone. So I go, I have to leave. Keep my phone. I'm going to walk around. I'm just trying not to like fall apart in the Apple store. Like I'm going to go and get a diet Coke. Um, and so I come back and the guy's like white, like he's really like freaked out that he's lost this message. He's like, there's no way this happened. And I go, and yet. And so he's like, but you're a comedian. Can't you make a fun story out of it? And I go, no. Um, I go not. And I go, but what will be funny is, um, seeing you in the unemployment line. Um, and he's like, oh yeah. And I go, yeah. Are we going to bring your manager out? I go, look, here's the bottom line is you need to either get that man, that voicemail back 
or bring your manager out and quit while I watch. These are those are the and he was like, let me see if I can find your voicemail. So he spent three hours. He called AT and T. He did. He downloaded all this illegal software. Eventually, he got it back. Oh my god! Saved it as an MP3 in my iTunes. So now I have it. And then, and now your lover. They gave me a new iPhone for like the trouble since I was there like all day. Um, so those geniuses are great. I still love the geniuses, but it erased. It does erase some things that you have in your phone, like all your old text messages and stuff like that. So and. People that I've blocked on Grinder, it's like you're starting with like a new profile, and so now everyone's unblocked, and it, it doesn't save that. How many people have you blocked? Eric. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> One. Well, you'll remember him, right? It's not but like so who the, have I blocked? Um, I've blocked a lot of people because, because if someone, why? well, because if someone sends you a picture of their dick and you don't want to see their dick, then you block them. So then you're basically by blocking them that makes you off grinder as far as they're concerned it's like you disappear it's like you die okay and so they can't contact you anymore because you're not even you don't show up on their yeah. screen anymore you don't exist you're in the right uh, you're invisible you're in the uh and so it's not like it's a mean thing like yeah. haha i blocked you. it's just like you disappear and they can't right. ever contact you again yeah and like you know eric i don't want to know when he's i don't want to run into him trolling for sex yeah Right. When, you know. You mean when he's trolling for sex or when you're trolling when for sex? When we're both trolling for sex, <laughs> Dennis. I don't want to run for... <sighs> I don't like the word trolling because then, um, you know how we've talked about troll as the last stage of... <laughs> After 32. Yeah, there needs... No, there's daddies in between. Oh, that's right. That's where I'm at. Wow. So... I'm just waiting f to have sex with some 20-year-old and have him literally call me Mr. Shoe. Yeah. That's going to be when it's time yeah. to just throw in the towel. Mr. And he's Shoe actually great looking. Yeah, but I'd, it's be, like I'd so... take Mr. Shoe in a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> he's got a rocking body and he's sweet. I like him. But it's curious to me that Matt Morrison hasn't broken out bigger from Glee. Like he's not on the cover of details and he's not. He sure thought he would. Well, there's something about his part and I think he's really talented and probably he, fine. Or he was going to be the star of the show. But he's not but really. But then it turns out that it's those kids. It's... And Jane Lynch and everyone but him, pretty yeah, much. Okay, I guess you're right. And I'm like, he's like, I'm first on the call sheet. What the fuck? Yeah. What do I have to get in a wheelchair? Yeah. What do I have to? Maybe. Might yeah. help. Um, I have to tell you my harness story. Well, Yeah. Um, I think that should be the name of this podcast. Yeah, so uh, I have to tell you my, my harness so, story. Okay. Years ago when Screening Party was being written yes. and and there's a little subplot in there about a harness uh, when we were watching Cruising. And as a gag gift, um, my friend Mark, my then friend Mark, um, got me a harness. And yes. I've had it like in my closet forever. I've never even really trotted it out. It was kind of like a whatever. Well, you have it on in the montage. I have it in the montage. We used it in Screening Party. That's yeah. right. Well, um, for Halloween, Brad and that posse were talking about going as leather people. He looked great. Yeah. So they and they all did. And I was gonna join them, but I didn't know what the work schedule was. And to be honest, I felt a little weird about it. Like maybe I'd put a vest over. I don't know what I was gonna do. But I was like, I'm gonna go. Yeah. That week, I'm gonna get this thing, you know, fitted because it it's weird. It's not. It's oh, too big. it has to be fitted. Yes. Well, yeah. Phew. Hold it. That's the beginning of the Oh, my God. Stuff. So I'm like, I'm going to do that. So I go into that place on Santa Monica Boulevard, and I forget the name of it. It's like 652 Leather or whatever. Okay. It has a name. First of all, both the guys behind the counter I've seen fuck on screen. I'm like, oh, you, oh, you, yeah. Okay. I, usually you're pissing on the other guy. Welcome. But now you're, yeah. you know, doing petty cash. That's cool. <laughs> so uh, 
I said, look, I need to get this fitted or whatever. So the one dude who's got like a tattoos everywhere and a thing through his nose and like, yeah. Um, and probably a fire hydrant up him as we speak. Oh, at least. <laughs> Bare minimum. Takes me to the mirror and we kind of fit the thing. And then I kick around for like 15 minutes. And he comes back and it's fitted. And and um, what does a fitting cost? Uh, $15. All right. Fourteen dollars. What does a fitting with a fisting cost? Uh, fifteen fifty. Okay. <laughs> Special that day for you, my friend. <laughs> I only put in four fingers. Only oh, fifty for cents. You. For you, exactly. So then I'm like, okay, so which way to? And he goes, well, I thought that all the straps were the same size. And he goes, no, this goes over the shoulder, and these, the shorter ones, are under the arms. Suffice it to say, there were way more rules than I thought. And I said, oh, okay, I can figure that out. And I'm, and I'm like, so this is the, the front and the back are the same. And he's like, no, the front, these are brads and these are snaps. I'm like, back oh, off. Like it was literal. There were way more rules than I thought there were going to be. And, um, but it all worked out. Okay. But I didn't end up doing the Halloween thing, but if I decide to, at some point I have a harness that fits me and I know <laughs> finally how to use it. Wow. It's not as easy as you so think. So you can wear that harness like a man who knows what he's doing. Like a man who knows what he's doing. <laughs> Did we ever tell that story on the podcast? Cause yes, but tell it again. Just There was a period of time yes. during the, I don't know when it was, in the 80s or, or 90s when this certain digest of porn like you would read, like mm-hmm. it was called Honcho Overload. They were my particular favorites because the stories, the way the stories were written were exciting or whatever. And in a lot of the stories, there was this one turn of phrase that would appear in like every story. And it's like, yeah, you suck that cock like a man who knows what he's doing. And it turned up a lot. So was clearly, it, whoever was yeah. it one person writing under a bunch of different I names? I s- suspect so. And I for suspect, fifty dollars a story, exactly, uh, which is more than I make at most of the magazines I write at. But um, the uh, the um, man who knows knows what he's, what he's doing. doing. But it occurred over and over again. And I thought whoever's writing this in their garage for no money, because yeah. um, JK off, yeah. And, it could be and, uh, and BG Dicks. Yeah, they can't possibly know each other. No, they live in totally different parts and of the country. And so that's such a strange. They just happen to have the same style and the oh, same way boy. with alliteration. Uh, the same sort of. They're uh, both men who know what they're doing. They they write those stories like a man who knows what he's doing. So that appeared a lot. You know, you drive in that truck like a man who knows what he's doing. Well, I remember we so. went on uh, one of our Puerto Vallarta trips with Mrs. Kathy. Yes. And we were eating that guacamole like men who knew no, what we, they were doing. We were obsessed with and it. And we drank Diet Coke, like Coca-Cola Light, like a man who knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. So that's the thing. I got a new harness and it fits. And I, I finally understand it. That's the thing that blew my mind. Are you a part of harness culture? No, I wouldn't go that far. All right. Nobody's ever seen it. Um, speaking of Kathy. Yes. That's kind of becoming the elephant in the room. With Miss Joan Rivers? With Miss Joan Rivers. Because just this, just the other day, just Thursday, before the taping of the show, she was talking about how she just had dinner with Kathy in New York and about how they're such good friends and that, you know, she really feels like Kathy really, you know, can confide in Joan about things that only Joan would understand, being another female comic and the loneliness and the schedule and the travel and the being a gay icon and you're surrounded by men. It's like water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. And you know, it's like, all. Yeah. what's it like to be a woman who's always around guys who really don't want to fuck you? Like at a certain point, like what does that do to you? They're just a lot of interesting, yeah. but you know, and I'm like participating in the conversation, but it's sort of, I feel so honest with Joan and I feel like there's this lie of omission. And uh, yet I do feel like Joan knows that you and I 
we're on the Mrs. Kathy comedy hour. Yeah. I don't, so I don't know. It's going to be weird. put them together. It's going to be well, weird. Well, what advice does that... Joan give to Kathy about that stuff? Did she ever talk about that? I don't want to talk, you know, out of school. Right on. Um, so I don't want to say any of that specific stuff, but it's, you know, it's really nice. And there is a, and what I said to Joan was, I, you know, I do know that Kathy has genuine affection for you. It's not, right on. you know, I mean, um, but it's just weird to like, be like defending Kathy behind her back. Yeah. She Six would hate years that. later or whatever. Yeah. Like it's so, I don't know. It's interesting um, though. So yeah. So it is what it is. Someday it will, uh, not hurt any less. Go ahead. Um, what's the next? <laughs> the item? next thing on my post-it. Yeah. Um, I just came from the movie Fair Game with Naomi Watts Fair and Sean Penn. Game. And I liked it more than I thought I would. Um, Did you like her? Naomi Watts plays Valerie Plame, and she's a little bit remote, which is kind of true of the character. You never quite figure out sure. who she is. But Sean Penn, from the second he appears on screen, is riveting. Turns out Sean Penn, good actor. Oh, really? Who knew? Who knew? No, but I literally give him another Oscar. I am so blown away by him. He's so good. That's good. He's so good. He, he would be, this would be a supporting performance. Was he kind of great. retarded like in Milk? No. And I didn't think he was retarded in Milk. I loved him in Milk. You didn't think he seemed a little bit retarded? No. No. Not as retarded as the stripper. He never said, I want to suck your dick. Oh, God, I really. Is there any news on that? No, there's no news. All right. We both saw Take Me Out. At the celebration. We sure did. And I liked it. I thought it was uh, well staged it's and well It's a great acted. staging. Uh, it's not an easy show to cast. No. And none of the... I didn't recognize any of them. It's not like the right. usual company. The usual wieners? The usual... It's, it's not, I had never seen any of those wieners. talks before. Maybe... Um, would you block any of them on Twitter? Or uh, whatever it is? Grinder. Who would I block? <laughs> Oddly enough, the Japanese guy. Yeah. Not interested. Not interested. Which, coming from me, I suppose is yeah. newsworthy. Um, you know, uh, what's his name? Chief? The the old fat yeah. uh, manager? Right. Head baseball guy? Yeah. Because he's like 90? Yeah. But pretty much the rest of them, I could just line them up. Yeah, they were lovely. Um, Did you notice that the lead guy, um, he seemed to have fluffed between Act 1 and the second <laughs> cock appearance no i didn't my uh friend that i was with noticed that did you know that he plays president obama on the tonight show no for jay leno that's like his main like that's his that's his money he gig. does he does obama all the yeah. time and so now we've kind of seen obama's dick in a way we have and yeah. it's it's nothing to sneeze at oh uh, you know they were i was look the thing is it's not sexy sexy Mm-mm. the nudity and yet, and it's so important because it really is about the dynamic of being on a team, a male hetero sports right. team, and whenever where you they have talk to be about, naked a lot with the other people. And is that odd? Is it weird? And Whenever they talk about gays in the military, whenever they talk about football, baseball, locker room, it's always about the showers and the showers right. and the showers. And so this this move, this play sort you of kinda have to, takes that on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so it's not like... Ooh, let's go look at the ween. Like, it really isn't about that. For the audience? Um, yeah. Don't you think? I mean, it's really, it's not. Well, any show that is that that, you know, like, it, there's always, you know, a well, certain, it's funny a certain how... demographic. Right. Come on. you It gets butts and steeds. Well, what's funny is I imagine that when it was performed on Broadway, it was yeah. up on a stage. And this is, like, in the round. Yeah. And basically, they're just on a big go-go box. Yeah. You know what I mean? And their dicks are just right at eye level. They're right there. 
And there's like they have this like railing around the like shower area, that which comes is down. The, yeah, that comes down so they can hang their towels on and stuff. But it's like the tiniest little rail. Like they're not doing anything that's gonna block the deck. No, like it should have been like two inch PVC pipe. Yeah, we're not putting anything. No, it's basically a pipe cleaner. Yeah, it's hanging. just this little tiny wire so <laughs> yeah. they can hang their towel because we full view of all the penises. Yeah. I so. My favorite performance was the gay business manager. I thought he was fantastic. He's tremendous, actor. and the hillbilly Yahoo is phenomenal. He's great as well. too. Yeah, um, but yeah, very good. It's worth really it, worth written. It it's super actory. It's in a language that no professional athletes yeah. speak ever. And when I saw but that, you just kind of have to just release that. When I saw it at the Geffen, that bugged me, like the theatricality of the writing. Yeah. And then this time, I was I didn't bug me at all. I don't know what happened, but I was into it. Okay. Um. Let me see. I have a funny dream that happened. So, uh, you know, I've been working out a couple times a week with the trainer, Jalen. And Jaylen. he's trying to get me to eat healthier or whatever. I've been doing pretty good with that, I guess. And um, the other night I had – I went to dinner with a friend after this movie, and I had – I split a dessert with him, like mm-hmm. a white chocolate, raspberry cheesecake, whatever. Mm. So that night I had this dream where – I was at a, in my workplace, some workplace, and I went to the shared refrigerator of everybody. Yeah. And there was a block in there that just said vanilla. It was just a block of something that said vanilla. Like a brick? Yeah, like a vanilla brick. Okay. But I knew it was good, and I knew I wanted it. it. But it wasn't mine. So I took it, and I'm walking out with it. And suddenly, Christina Applegate stops me and says, What do you think you're doing? You can't just take stuff that isn't yours. Like, what were you thinking? Like, she went on and on about what stealing is. That doesn't belong to you. I mean, what? why would you even think that you could take that? And she's going on and on, and I'm standing there holding this dumb vanilla brick, which is clearly hers. And she's lecturing me about not taking anything. And I wouldn't take anything. I wouldn't take anything that wasn't mine. Like, it's right. totally out of character for me to do that. And she's going on and on about how dumb I am and how could I... And I felt crappy about it all the rest of my sleep until I woke up and I realized, oh, I didn't take that vanilla brick after wow. all. But it was like she was giving it to me. What were you? I mean. You know what I think you need to do? What? As Cher, I want you to say fuck you to Christina. Um, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I'll eat this brick. I don't give a fuck. Does that, you feel better now? Well, I did. If I, I didn't stu- steal your brick. Christina Applegate. But the point is, I did. Uh, I did. I know, but you, Dennis, real Dennis, didn't. didn't. Just my dream Dennis, which right. I don't know what it meant. You're not something responsible. Forbidden, something I shouldn't have done. Well. I don't know. Um, it means you hate fat people. We. Uh, I want to share a funny story about um, fashion police. That's not what this podcast is about. That I hate fat people? No. Uh, I don't. Um we uh, we talked about the Snooky thing last week and the yeah, whole yeah. drama. My favorite moment of it was when it was all playing down, and I was I kind of sit close enough to my boss Lisa's office. Well, somebody remembered that Snooky early on in the um, run said something like, "Joan, say whatever you want about me." Tweeted, "Say whatever you want about me. I love you anyway, or whatever." Like Snooky tweeted something that said, I'm going to be a good sport or whatever. Yeah. And this was when all of the shit storm was, was happening. Clearly not written by Snooki. And her boss, Lisa, heard it. And she goes, get me that tweet. <laughs> and that's my favorite <laughs> pronouncement of a boss. Get me that. Get me that tweet. <laughs> and I, I was, rem- so I dare that's you. Good. Next time you see her scream that, because it was such a, 
an executive. Yeah. You know. I'll show her. Yeah. Get me that tweet. Well, that's if my favorite. you think Snooki was a challenge, she has been usurped by one Lisa Rinna. Oh, shit. <laughs> On the dish? Lisa Rinna was our very special guest on The Dish this week. Oh, fuck. We buried the lead. And here's the story. Two weeks ago, we were pitched Lisa Rinna. She'd really love to do your show to promote her uh, Harry Loves Lisa show on the TV Guide channel. Yes. She has her book, Starlet. What's her book about? Is it? She's a novel, a fiction novel called Starlet. Excuse me, Starlet. Um, And so... Uh, we were like, okay. And so we were going to have her on last week because this week was the finale. So last week would then promote what, make sure you set your TiVos for the finale of Harry Loves Lisa. Yeah. Um, and then we had to write the script and she liked, we did, we wrote this whole walk on where basically at the top of the walk on, she goes, Hey Danielle, I'm so glad to be here, but I'm sorry to have to keep my phone out, but I just need to have my phone in case there's some kind of emergency at my store, Belle Gray. I'm sure there won't be, but just like in case. And Danielle's like, really? And then as soon as Danielle starts talking, the phone rings and it's like, what? A flood at Belle Gray where we have beautiful gowns at semi-affordable prices? <laughs> BelGray.com? And like basically she all these things. A, right. A carrier pigeon comes in with a note. What? There's a flood at Belle Gray located at the corner of Santa Monica. Like, and she gives the – like it's right. all of these – very obviously set up plugs for Belle Gray. Hilarious. Which is funny, and she's happy that she's getting to plug her store. Of course. So we're very happy with Lisa. Lisa's happy with us. Um, Last week, we find out Lisa's canceled. She can't do it. She's not available to come Friday to do the taping. Okay, no problem. Whatever. So we do the show last week. This week is my last week at The Dish. Which we have to discuss. And it's very, very sad, and I thought that I was going to still be, be based at Fashion Police, but then be consulting at the dish which would just be a reversal of my previous schedule uh and somehow along the line that got changed i don't really know who changed it but i was basically told no 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 you we don't need you anymore at the dish and it really makes me sad and i took a sick day on tuesday just so i could stay in bed and cry all day and oh my it God. was i literally couldn't even go in i was so upset and oh. um so whatever and so i you know said so friday was my last show thursday after the fashion police taping, I go to the dish and we're doing the punch up. And during the punch up, we get a confirmation email from Lisa Rennes people confirming that Lisa will be there tomorrow at 10 a.m. And we, when they had canceled the week before, they didn't mention anything about pushing it back a week or rescheduling. Yeah. So now it's like, oh, I guess Lisa Rennes is coming. And we're like, well, we don't have a guest, so let's just let's do it. Right. So we decide to use her in the cold open and we write this thing where she's coming in and trying to – she's doing a lip prevention – trying to convince Danielle to take her limp implants out. And Danielle is like, no, these are really my lips. And she's like, yeah, we all said that. But trust me, it's so freeing. It's liberating. And da, da, da. and she's like doing all of these like lip puns. And, and, and it was really. Was Lisa going to go for it? Well, she, um, we then find out when we get to work Friday morning that Lisa's read the script and she doesn't want to talk about her lips. That's all behind her. She doesn't want to talk about her lips. Meanwhile, the whole finale episode of Harry Loves Lisa is about her having her lip reduction. It's an hour of it. They go in the operating room. It's the pre and the post. It's all her lip. Okay. <laughs> but she's not talking about lips. But she's there I to guarantee that you, show. when they went into the plug that show, they're like, you want to do a show with Lisa and Harry? Not so much. She's going to do her lip reduction. What, 13 episodes. Yeah. We're in. That's the whole reason to do that show. And so, but she's moved on. And so... 
She's moved on since Friday. Yeah, it aired Wednesday, <laughs> and by Friday it was ancient history. It's but on she's the past. ready to talk about a book that came out six months ago. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I believe. So yeah, it's totally, totally, it's a great day for me. Wow. And so Friday is my last day at the dish. I do the guests. And so they go, okay, when Lisa gets her, go talk to her. So we rewrite the cold open and I come up with this idea where she walks up to Danielle and is like, Hey, Danielle, where can I rehearse for my number? And she's like, number. And she's like, well, yeah, you know, dancing with the stars. I, I, I figured I would come on the dish and do another one of my numbers. And Danielle's like, no, we don't do numbers here. All right. You talked me into it. Five, six, seven, eight. No, there's no band, Lisa. Who are you killing? We, we don't do this. You know what? I'll go get my tap shoes. Be right back. And Danielle looks at the camera and goes, somebody lock the doors. Let's get ready to dish. And that's like the opening to the show. Very funny. Cute. Okay. So nobody no, loved no dancing more than lips. her. So it's great. Well, I go into the makeup room and I'm told by our talent booker who normally goes in with me, I'm not going. Lisa's already threatening to leave. She's very upset. And the woman goes, Godspeed, and pats me on the shoulder and sends me down the hall. So I walk in and I go, hi, I'm Tony. And I'm really gang it up because that seems to help put these people, these guests at ease. Like, I'm the friendly gay guy. And I meet her posse and she's got a gay publicist. And so I'm like, hey, I go, before we get started, Lisa, I just want to tell you, I used to own the My Gem right here in Toluca Lake. And you brought your girls into a birthday party one weekend and you were the nicest celebrity we ever had in the five years that I owned the place. You were the nicest. You were so great. And you had all these funny stories and you were really grateful and you were so nice to all the teachers. And that's my Lisa Renna story. Whenever your name comes up and she goes, wow, it's so nice to hear that I'm not being called a bitch behind my back. Cause you figure every time someone says a famous person's name, everyone always jumps in to say how horrible they are. And I go, well, I do that about other people, but with you, it's nice to have a nice story. And she laughed, and she was like, that's so sweet, honey. So now we're friends. I've won her over. Well played. My plan has worked. Right on. And then she goes, that's so nice. And she goes, but now that we're friends, I have to tell you, we're leaving. We're not going to stay and do your show um, because you guys have done a bait and switch. And I know there's a lot of that in this business, but I'm not going to stand for it. So, And she like literally stands up and gets her purse and is like about to fucking walk out. And I go, wait, wait, what are you talking about bait and switch? And she goes, I was very clear two weeks ago that I wasn't going to talk about lips, say the word lips, do anything about my lips. And now you, I see in the script, you've got Danielle talking about my lips and you're showing a clip from the show, which is all about my lips. And I go, but we don't have you on camera when we show the clip. And then afterwards, when you come out, you don't talk about the lips. The joke after the clip is at the expense of the doctor. It, it's not about, you know what I mean? Like we really tried really hard, but we have a, mandate from the network that says we can't have a guest without there being a clip and the clip has to be from this week's show and this week's show was all about your lips there was no other clip and she goes well that's true fucking tv land the whole episode was about my lips and it wasn't supposed to be and they fucked me over and i was like well if you can suggest to me another clip from wednesday night's finale we'll try to swap it out knowing of course that we wouldn't but i'm offering this and she goes no that's fine and i go so the clip we have there's no blood there's no surgery it's just you doing your pre-surgery consult. We thought that was the mildest clip. And she goes, well, it kind of is. And I go, look, Lisa, today's my last day on this show. Do a gay guy a favor. You already said that you like that. What we have you doing, the dancing with the stars thing you think is funny. I mean, I'm I know you don't want to talk about your lips, but I'm not asking you to talk about your lips. Can you just do it? And she goes, well, step out a minute and let me talk with you know my team. So I step in the hall and she talks to her gay guys and comes back in and she goes, okay, we're going to do it. But you know, 
I just want you guys to know that you really tried to pull a fast one on me and da 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 da. And she was really, so I talked her into doing it. She does the bit. It's hilarious. It goes really well. She leaves very happy. She wants to come do the show again. So it was like, the show is saved. So now it's my last episode. We're taping oh the rest God. of the show. I would have curled up and started crying. Yeah, I don't I'm think feeling, I could have handled I'm it. I'm feeling pretty heroic. I'm feeling a little yeah, bit proud of myself. I don't think I would have been able to handle that. I, and I'm knowing I, that, that made me a nervous wreck just hearing about it. I'm knowing it's my last day. So there's, you know, it's two and a half years. There's going to be like, you know, a cake or something. And we had Andrew, who was a production assistant, um, who then worked his way up to uh, being on the production staff. Um and he was very, very talented, straight guy, wonderful, hard worker. He was with us for two years. And when he had his last show about three months ago, um, before he went on to his new job, Danielle pulled him out on camera and it's like, this show is for Andrew. We miss you. We're going to miss you. Bye. At the very end of the show. So tune in next week and she's hugging Andrew and they both wave goodbye. It was really nice. So I'm knowing they're obviously going to do something for me. I mean, I've been on camera in a bunch of episodes. You've been a sperm so been... and a devil right. and Andy Cohen. Um... So we literally finished the taping and I'm kind of like looking around like, huh, they didn't, she didn't call me up for the bow or anything. That's kind of odd. And then we finished the taping and everyone's like, okay, bye. And they all kind of hugged me goodbye and was like, bye, we'll miss you. Bye. No, nothing. Zero. Nothing. Daniel Fischel and the writers went across the street to Marie Callender's and we all had a drink and a little bit of lunch. And Daniel Fischel was nice enough to pick up the check, which was very, very generous of her. But, like, it was, like, I didn't expect a gold watch, but it's kind of, like. A shout out. You, Would have been nice. You know, there's only five writers on the show. And you really helped shape that you show really from the beginning. You really create the tone. Like, yeah. yeah. No, that so, show yeah, would so not I'm be done, what it is about And they're, like, good riddance. And, I mean, the writing staff, of course, I'm still totally in love with. And they're wonderful people. But I'm really. Did they observe? Like, did they say, I think it's weird that that didn't happen? Or No, did they... I didn't. Because I don't want to make like... anyone feel bad. I didn't want them to feel like, oh, God, we should have planned something for Tony. I don't know. It was just weird. It was just weird. The whole thing has been weird. The whole process is weird. But now it's over, and I'm now 100% Joan Rivers' bitch. Love it. And so there you go. That's – So, yeah. I, I want to watch that Lisa Renna Lisa Renna. I would have – shit if that had but happened. she ended up being really nice and really fun and she did a right. great job so it was really well played a breakdown between the tv guide channel people and her people and the e yeah. people so she doesn't want to have anything to do with lips anymore she she's... said that she gave the world until wednesday to talk about her lips now and she's thursday done. morning she woke up going it's all behind me and she said that to me and i'm thinking it's so not behind you no like, it never will be and her lips look great and they look much better now and yeah but like why do you not want to be the lip lady I know, well, it's like Jennifer Especially Grey not wanting to be the nose job lady. But you're back on top. Yeah. Lisa looks dynamite, and the yeah. lips look better now that she had them fixed. So, yeah. It's not like I'm the lady with the fucked up lips. Yeah, now they're currently. like, look how good they look. We got it. We, it yeah. Was success. I'm a human. I did this thing yeah. I thought made me look better. I didn't like it. Then I got it fixed, and now I look dynamite. Right on. I'm a hot 50-year-old. There you go. So, whatever. Uh. Let me see what else I have on my list. Yeah. How long have we gone? I got to get ready for Almost this. Hour, I'm going to the gala for the Lesbian Gay and Lesbian Center where Jane Lynch is going to be and Lily Tomlin and uh, Carol Burnett. That is awesome. Um, yeah, I didn't pay for the ticket. It was offered to me by uh, the center because I help out there and they had one extra and they were nice enough. So, But it's funny because a lot of times they'll be having this fancy gala and we'll be doing the mismatch game across town in our scrappy little yeah. index cards and – they're off there with their tuxedos and their $500 seats. Do we usually seats. do the mismatch we game on the weekend? We have before. Oh, Not always, but 
you know, these are two worlds that do not and cross. And there's not one in December? There's no mismatch Nothing in December? Nothing slated. I think we're looking at January, so, um, yeah. But, and then will, will I be allowed to participate I think in so. that one, or am I, I am I banned? No, you're in. Okay. Uh, just don't talk about the lips. That's the only right. thing. I bought a new uh, pipe and sailor hat. For Charles Nelson Riley? Yeah, because after Halloween, you know, when everything is like 75% yeah. off. I was driving past a Halloween store and I thought, I bet they'll have a sailor hat and a pipe for you were just ready low, to, low prices. A revamp? A revamp or well, yeah, you know, things get up. old. And... I want a new suit, but I, I want it. It's hard to find them. I've shopped a little for one, but I want it to be 70s, but also kind of a tr- fit good and look kind of good. And right. that's a tall order. Um, let me see what else. Armistead Maupin reading on um, Thursday night. Went to that at Skylight Books. Yes. First of all, it was amazing to be in a bookstore. A store of books. Where there are books and yeah. people are doing, you know, an Do appearance. Do they also sell porn? Probably. Not, I, well, that store's more of a booky store. Great. They might. I mean, there was a calendar with huge cocks on it. A huge <laughs> cock calendar. So I did notice that. But um, Armistead was lovely. He didn't read. He just took questions from the audience. Good. And um, I asked a question, and I got a good anecdote. And I asked him, I said, uh, what's an experience that you've had in your life that's kind of random that your books led to that you never would have had otherwise? Oh, that is a good question. And he said that when he had a book called Maybe the Moon that came out, which was about an actress who was a little person that played E.T. is based on a friend of his. Uh-huh. And the best friend's roommate was this long, blonde-haired woman. Yeah. And Daryl Hannah wanted to play that part in the movie and optioned the book. Great. And it was at the time that she was dating John F. Kennedy Jr. Wow. So Daryl and John John were kind of warding off the paparazzi. So yeah. there was a lot of intrigue and subterfuge happening around these meetings and whatever and him getting to know her. And it was also around the time that Jackie O was in the hospital dying. Unbelievable. And Daryl gave Jackie the book because she goes, I know you're an editor and I'm thinking of optioning this movie and I'd love to see what you think of it. Right. And it was also a way for her to connect with yeah. Jackie. And and I guess Jackie wrote her a note after she read it and she goes, you know, as I was reading it, I didn't think it was a movie, but by the time I got to the end, I thought this is a movie. Or whatever. And Armistead said he's never gotten to see the note. He wants to see the note. Um, but he never did see the note. But that's kind of how – he says when you write a book, you never know. It can end up in a cabin somewhere and somebody else can pick it up and it can have a life yeah. beyond you. Which he goes, you can't really do that with a Kindle. And I was like, you're right. You can't. And um, isn't that an interesting story? That's an amazing story. And it's yes. never been made into a movie. It has not. Is it currently optioned still by someone? I don't know. Or? I mean, I don't think so. He didn't seem like it was going to happen. Wow. You have to find the lead character is a little person, so you'd have to have a really great actor to carry it. Right. Um, and uh, um, yeah, it didn't happen. We can end this podcast with another anecdote. Um, this is from the same email from um, our podcast listener, PJ. Don't say his last name. Is it the um, PJ that I know? Yes. Oh, and, fantastic. Uh, he is sharing a story, and I'm assuming since he emailed it to us and didn't say, like, don't say don't this say on this. the air, I can say it. But I'm also going to not be super specific in it. But it's an Armistead Maupin story that um, back in 1998, they were at um, a gay screening of that. Do you remember that movie relax? It's just sex. Yes. Yeah. Really funny. Jennifer Tilly. Fantastic. So, um, they're at, they're backstage and Armistead Maupin was there because that, 
that night they were also doing a tribute to Ian McKellen, who was not Sir Ian McKellen yet. Right. Um, and they were backstage, and Armstead Maupin makes a beeline to Jennifer Tiller, Jennifer Tilly, and who was standing next to PJ, who was recounting the story, and says to her, Meg Tilly, I'm such a huge fan. And Jennifer throws him out, and he got to stand there and watch Armstead Maupin just squirm and just sit in it, bitch. And I guess was not able to recover. Wow. So that's a fun little anecdote. That is a so fun little anecdote. Note, we will, yes, we brought it home and around. We will wrap up this uh, yes. installment of the Comedy Remind Couch. me of the name of it, because I'm going to go type it in. I have to tell you my harness story? Something like that? Yeah. Um, All right. Anyway, but please check out our sponsors. Dr. Kiss. It's the world's greatest lip balm. I just ordered eight of them Thank right you. before we started this podcast. Fantastic. Um, Because they are such great... Christmas slash Hanukkah gifts. Stocky it's stuffers. a nice, good, they're, they're 12 bucks, they're and wonderful. they're a great gift to give someone, and the packaging is really charming and cute, and every one that I've ever given to someone, that person has then emailed me later and said, I just ordered some more. They love it. They get they hooked. love it, and they love to it's give it away. There's... Well, and you feel clever giving away something that is like, I know you've never seen this cool thing, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's neat, and it's yeah. yeah, so I've had a lot of people that are loving it. It's so a another... growing phenomenon. And also, speaking of great gifts, yes. our other sponsor, Alonzo Duraldi's book, Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas. It's a book about Christmas movies. Fantastic and it's fun stuff. and uh, very um, informational and also fun and Fun great. point of view. Yes, for sure. Well, we sure love you for listening. I hope right. you will write us. You can always find Dennis on Facebook. You can also find me on Facebook and at thecomedycouch at gmail.com. That is T-H-E, comedycouch at gmail.com. We will see you next week. On right? the Comedy Couch with, with Dennis Hensley. And Tony Tripoli. Bye. Bye.